This is What Do You Do? I'm Katie. And I'm McRae. In today's episode, we're chatting with Jessica Vickers, a freelance couples and brand photographer. The average salary for photographers ranges between forty dollars and $80,000 a year and is largely dependent on factors such as experience, photography type, and location. Photographers can focus in areas like family or wedding photography, product or corporate shoots, or purely artistic photography. It can get quite expensive to start with professional-grade cameras costing several thousand dollars each. But if you're looking to learn, it's easy to get your hands on a cheaper camera and work your way up. Jessica has started her own successful freelance photography company. She's worked with influencers, couples, and corporate brands. She also finds time to mentor more junior photographers on photography techniques and help them build their businesses. Let's hear what she has to say. All right, so we're here with Jessica. She's a photographer. She does um, couples photography, and you do you do some commercial photography too, right? Yes, correct. Okay, so can can you give us an idea of like what's the ratio of of your um, your projects? Yeah, yeah. So primarily shooting couples, and that's you know engagements or anniversary sessions or just for fun. Maybe they haven't had pictures taken with their spouse or spouse to be. So I'll do that. I would say that's about 80% of my work and then 20% would be brands. And so that could be anything from a clothing brand like I've worked with um, Lulu's and Windsor or maybe like an influencer or a blogger or just someone who has their own business who needs um, brand photography. So yeah, so that's about 20% as of now. Okay, and so how do you how do you um, how do you get these clients? Like, what do you go out and search for them, or do you have like an online following now? Yeah, so I typically focus on like let's say I want to book more brand photographer for next month or something like that. Then I'll focus on strategic partnerships. So I will seek out influencers. So I actually had a really big partnership with an influencer from. Uh, Los Angeles. Her name's Mina Marlena. And we partnered together when I lived in Japan because I lived in Japan for three years and worked from an island called Okinawa, which you may have never heard of because it's tiny. Yeah, but that's cool. Um, yeah, but I partnered up with her there. And then that partnership, because of her really just her, she's really good at creative direction. And so I could tell that she had some serious talent and she had an eye for um, the creative industry. And so I partnered with her and that led to a lot of other partnerships. So she's the connection for how I got to work with Windsor and with Lulu's and all these other um, big clothing brands. So yeah, so it was really cool. And you know, we met a lot of people actually discourage like shooting for free. And I actually don't discourage that. um, Because you can do some test shoots. Yeah, you can do some test shoots with these um, really good connections just to see if you guys vibe together well creatively. And so we did. And so the first few shoots I did for her, I did to help her, but it also helped me. And then that led to like, really large paid partnerships in the future. But I wouldn't have had that connection had I not gone, you know what, let's just see how we work together. Let's see if this would be a good partnership right. that would help the both of us. So yeah, so that's usually okay. how that happens. So how I and a lot of people do like argue against that and and advocate for like, you know, just making sure you always are getting paid. So how, how can people like, just starting out recognize when it's like something that would be beneficial versus something that maybe somebody's trying to take advantage of them? Yeah, for sure. Because I do totally get a ton of emails where people say this is great exposure. And yes, exposure does not pay the bills. So for creatives, it's really important 
that we are just, we really have to, I kind of make pro and con lists, like as like elementary as that sounds. I just make a pro con list of like, is this truly benefiting them? Because I do care about that. But is it also going to benefit me? Or is this going to be like a one-sided partnership? And if it's Mm -hmm. only benefiting them, then of course they would need to pay for that. But if it's going to lead to something and I can tell that it is, then I'm totally fine with doing, um, with doing some like pro bono work. Um, But in the beginning, I think you just have to look at, so A, yes, you have to build a portfolio. So if a photographer does not have a portfolio, then they're going to need to do free work to build a portfolio because people look Mm -hmm. at that to decide whether they're going to pay them or not, right? So once you have a strong portfolio, then you get to be a lot pickier. So you get to decide, okay, do I need this for my portfolio? Am I okay not being paid to do this in order to be able to use this in the future? Or do I have a strong portfolio and I don't really need this? And if you don't really need it, then it's not really going to be worth your time. Okay. So, and and that kind of like transitions to another question I wanted to ask, like what, how do you price your skills? Like, how do you, you're creatively skilled, but how do you go like, okay, I've been doing this for so long. Now I'm worth this much. Like, how does that work? Yeah. So when I first started, I priced the absolute wrong way. So basically I just looked at if all these photographers around me are really, really good. And I know that I'm not as good as they are, then I'm just going to start at what all these other people are charging that first start out. So like my very first session, I probably charged a hundred dollars or something like that. Um, and so then I realized like, this is a whole lot of work to do for a hundred dollars. Like this is actually not going to be sustainable. (laughs) Right. So I was like, okay, um, cool. So then I started raising my pricing a little bit. I'd raise it up by 100, by 100. And then maybe a year into my business, I realized like, maybe I should actually factor in my cost of doing business. That would be genius. So mm-hmm. then I decided, yeah. uh, then I realized like I factored in my cost of doing business, um, but then I still was undercutting myself on my time. And so as I got older and as I started to really understand entrepreneurship, I realized that time is actually my most valuable commodity. And so it has to be worth my time away from my husband, away from my family in order for it to actually um, truly like satisfy me and like the needs of the family. So so basically, I would say about year three into my business, I tr- I didn't care about what anyone around me was charging, and I decided a price based off, obviously, cost of materials and all the things, you know, basically cost of doing business to break even and then factoring in time. So I just gradually raised my prices over the years and have gotten it to a place where usually I am the most expensive photographer in my town, but it's because I'm truly wow. factoring in everything that I need in order to profit. Because a lot of photographers will charge what they think is good. Good, but then they're never profiting. And like cash flow is the number one most important thing in a business. So without cash flow and profit margin, like what are you doing? <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of a that's kind of where it came from. So I just gradually raised it. But the biggest advice I'd have for like a beginner photographer is to just really factor in your cost of doing business and your time because you're not promised tomorrow. And you know, it's a whole lot easier personally to go out and be employed from someone where you have a guaranteed paycheck like that. It it is easier to do that. Um, But that just wasn't, that wasn't something that I wanted. My parents are entrepreneurs. And so entrepreneurship kind of ran through my veins and I I didn't want to go into corporate. So, um, but there's a lot of things that come with that, right? Because like, we don't get like health, like health insurance. Like you have to do that on your own when you're self-employed, you don't have Mm -hmm. that from a company and like you're all, you know, all the techie stuff. 
Um, so that's why it's so important that we are setting prices on what is actually sustainable and profitable for ourselves because there's a lot of things that we're not getting that people are that work in corporate. Right. And and that kind of also brings me to another point. Like all the terminology you're using is are, are things that you learn in like business school. So you're not only a photographer, you are also a small business owner essentially, right? Yes. So like how, how can you, like what are the benefits of doing it on your own if you've got to learn all of this stuff. Yeah, so I I don't know if you know this. I went to I have a four-year degree. I went to college for mass mm-hmm. communication. That was my major. My minor was marketing. Mm-hmm. Um but I will tell you that like everything that I have learned about running my business, I was taught none of it in school. I literally got mm-hmm. a degree as a backup plan just in case this thing didn't work out. Um, I will, it was good in terms of, you know, learning to be even more deadline focused because college is a lot more serious than high school is like a hundred percent. So it was good in terms of that, but everything that I've learned, I've learned outside of school. My mom is actually an accountant and she, um, was in business and my dad owned his own business. So I learned a lot about business from them, but most of it, like they didn't know things specific to photography businesses. So I had to learn a ton on my own. So it is like, It is definitely a lot of work, but I would say, I think um, this quote is actually Thomas Edison, but he basically says, like, from your neck down, a man is worth a couple of dollars a day, but from his neck up, he is worth anything that his brain can invent. And so I realized, (laughs) like, this is what's worth it to me is that nobody can tell me how much money I can make. I literally get to decide how much money I make. And I don't like being dependent on people to tell me, you know, you can, if you work for this company for this many years, you'll get this retirement. Like my mom, she worked for a company and got let go like three years prior to her retirement mark. And it was just like, are you kidding me? Like she worked for this company for 30 something years and all of this that she was promised. And it was because of, um, you know, someone bought this company and there was a, whatever they had going on. But basically that happened. And so I realized like restructuring. Yeah. Yeah. And it was nothing that she did wrong. It was, there was a company merger. Um, and so Mm -hmm. it's like, that was out of her control and they were, she works from home. And so they were actually, um, that, that position moved to another town. And so there's no way we were moving or they were moving. So yeah, I just realized like, I love, um, I love not knowing or not being told how much money I can make. And like, Mm -hmm. even through this whole COVID crisis that's gone on. I've had friends who have lost their jobs, but like my income not only didn't skip a beat, but it went up because I got to decide how to pivot my offers and how to increase my profit. And I didn't, I wasn't subject to that. So I love having more control, if that makes sense. That's awesome. So um, I I know that you, I've went through your website a little bit um, and I know that you also offer like, um, mentoring can you can you talk a little bit about that yes yeah so about the three i guess three year mark in my business i got a ton of requests of like how i was creating the imagery that i was creating and how my business was growing so fast and all of this stuff um and when i first started i actually (laughs) i live in a really small town in the middle of nowhere if you can't tell i'm from the south i have a really strong accent um and so we're in this tiny town (laughs) okay (laughs) perfect i have a ton of family in houston so yeah so When I um, started my business, I just, everyone like cold shouldered me when they found out I was going to be a photographer, other photographers in the town, because they just, it was a really competitive mindset, like art can be that way. And so they just got really 
um, just really rude toward me and like not wanting other people to succeed. And so when I finally got to a point where, you know, some photographers would say like that you've made it or whatever that means, um, Mm -hmm. I realized like I really wanted to share, I really wanted to share that. And so my business is built from a faith-based perspective. And so it's important to me that I'm sharing and like bringing other people up. So I created another revenue stream in a sense because a yes that's diversifying revenue but b it's also fulfilling what i feel like i've been called to do so i created this education portal in a sense and i do one-on-one coaching for photographers and so um yeah so that's why in my bio i'd be called like a photographer educator that's what that means and mm-hmm. so they can they can book with me to learn how to improve their imagery to learn how to like to learn business and marketing because I have a ton of that knowledge as well from growing my own business and things like that. So yeah, that's about how that came about. So you said that you made it. Um, What does that look like as a photographer? How can people looking to get into photography know when they've made it or when they've become successful? Yeah, so it's always, that's always such a funny topic to me because I've realized like with myself, you know, when I first started, I was like, I just want people to recommend my name in Facebook posts when someone is looking for a photographer. Like that was what I wanted. And so I got, yeah, so I got to that point where like my name was mentioned like seven times in a post or something. And I was like, yes, like people are identifying my name with photographer. Like that was my first big thing. And then I wanted to have my own website and then I wanted to do this thing. And so what's funny is that, Um, you're always, and this is with anyone with anything that they're doing, like you're the area that you want to be like being where you want to be is always going to get pushed forward. So like, Mm. I realized that I'm always looking to go to the next spot. So like now I'm looking to actually build a team and like run a business and not create a job for myself. So like, I'm wanting to like hire a team and truly step in, in that position of CEO where I'm not doing all the things for my business. And I started mm-hmm. that about a year ago, but that was like never on my radar when I just wanted to be a photographer. Like I thought that like solopreneur was like the name of the game and that's what I wanted. And now I hear that and I cringe <laughs> cause I'm like, I don't want to do all the work. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, it's just really interesting, you know, because you're just constantly pushing where you want to be forward. So I don't really believe that you've ever actually arrived in your business because there's always a next level that you're going to want to get to. Um, But in a sense for me, everyone's different, but I really had to define what success was for me. And success to me is knowing that A, I feel really fulfilled in what I'm doing, that I love my job, that I'm able to put healthy food on the table for my family, that we've got a roof over our head and then I'm not having to worry about money. And so like that to me is success. Like I don't, I don't want to live in like this really bougie mansion in LA or wherever. Like that's not important to me. I just want to know that my family is taken care of and that um, I'm able to really focus on building my net worth and just leaving a legacy for my family. So that point I always have to bring myself back to and know like, okay, Like, I truly believe, like, God has checked that box off for me and for my family. So not having to worry about that is really, really, um, just really calming, I guess. So I wouldn't tell you that I'm exactly where I want to be because I have these really big goals and visions. Um, But I always have to bring myself back to, like, you know what? This is what you specifically asked for and you have this. So, like, Mm -hmm. let's just rest for a minute and not and, like, celebrate where we're at. Um, But yes, I'm always still trying to get to the next level. And I think most people are that are in entrepreneurship, period, because usually we're never satisfied with where we are. So, yeah. 
So you you know you mentioned um, you started hiring people to like do some of the business parts for you, and that's that's kind of one of the struggles, I guess, is is that when you're freelance, you don't you know a lot of people just love the art, and they don't just get to do the art and practice their their trade. They also have to do all these other things. So. Is there any form of achievable photography that that allows you to just do your art? Yeah, if that I, makes sense. Yeah, I think I don't you know could. If I that correctly. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you totally could if you wanted to. And that's the thing. Like some people want to create a job for themselves, and some people want to build a business. And neither is right or wrong. Like it's all about what you mm-hmm. want. So. For me, I've always envisioned myself as like owning my own company. I never knew that was going to be photography. Like, I think I actually thought it was going to be, um, I wanted to be like a, a television news broadcaster or be in journalism. And so I thought I was going to oh. create my own media company, but like that was mm-hmm. totally not what I ended up doing. Um, so I think uh, if you wanted to just do photography, I would probably reach out to, um, like, let's say you're obsessed with fashion and you want to do fashion photography, but like you want someone else to handle all of your bookings. So then you could work for a um, clothing store or a boutique or something like that and just create all their okay. visuals. So take their photos and, but then you're, te- you're working for someone um, or you could do it on like a contract labor basis, right? So you could just freelance for them or book a few things like that where you're not like promoting your business, but you have, um, you're basically represented by an agency, kind of like a model would be, right? Like you okay. have models are usually signed to an agency. So you would just partner with an agency that could book you photography jobs. And I have friends that do that too, but I nerd out way too much about the actual marketing of my own business. So um, so I just love, okay. I truly love that. <laughs> yeah. So your goal was like business owner, right? And then photographer was like, this is how I'm going to get there. <laughs> yeah, kind um, of. I think, um, yeah, I think I just kind of had a, some. most people that do photography naturally have an eye for it, even if they don't know, like maybe they don't know technically how they made that image look good. They just know what looks good and what doesn't. And that was me. Like I just knew, I actually spent all of my life in front of the camera. I was um, in pageants like the Miss America organization and things like that. So I knew what looked good, um, on myself and so I just kind of took that and flipped it and I got behind the camera and started making other people look and feel really confident and I just love that aspect so I realized like oh I think photography is actually going to be my jam so that's how that happened yeah how difficult was it to learn like the technical aspects of photography like learning to use the camera learning editing that kind of stuff yeah, really, really hard. And I wanted to shoot myself in the foot a lot. Um, <laughs> this is like not easy. There is just so much to it. The jargon is wild. And like, I'm like not a numbers girl, really. I only know math well when it comes to marketing and money. But like all the numbers of trying to figure out how to um, set the settings, it was really, really hard. But it's one of those things that it becomes muscle memory the more that you do it. And if you want it bad enough, you're going to figure it out. So um, so yeah, it, it's definitely tough. It's not easy. But once you, the more that you do it and the more that you practice, then it does become muscle memory. And now I don't even have to think about how I'm setting my camera up if I'm going to do a session. Like I set up like 46 different things in a matter of three seconds while carrying on a conversation. But in the beginning, I was like so stressed about getting everything right. Um, so it, it took a solid like three, four years for me to get to the point where um, I really didn't have to worry about that. So it definitely is hard. But I truly love it, and I think when you do love it, it, it doesn't really feel like a job, if that makes sense. Um, what are your What are some of your favorite like uh, locations to shoot, or like uh, scenarios to shoot? 
Yeah, so I got really spoiled when I lived in Japan. And so my favorite stuff was like waterfalls and the beach and things like that. Um, wow. And I don't really have... <laughs> I don't really have access to that as well. No, I'm back in uh, Texas, Arkansas area, but I would definitely say, you know, we did a lot of traveling when we were over there in Asia for three years because flights were really cheap um, from Okinawa to surrounding places. So favorite places to go would have, they were Thailand, Uh, Krabi Thailand was really, really cool because it's really mountainous, but it's also tropical. But I would say like, ideal is actually New Zealand. It's my favorite place I've ever been. If I could live there, I would because they're amazing. Um, but it had the mountains are really, really my favorite. I probably feel the as like cheesy as that sounds. I feel like the most alive near the mountains um, and just in any alpine type environment. So ideally, I would want to shoot in places like Colorado or Washington State, um, West Coast area like that, like Pacific Northwest is really ideal. Um, so I love, love, love that environment just because like, there's nothing in the photo that's going to make your photo look bad. The backdrop is always jaw dropping. And so it's so nice. Cause you're like, I'll just take this couple to this national park and like images are award winning. <laughs> it's just like so easy. Um, so that's ideal. But like, obviously like in Texas, sometimes it's a lot harder cause like hill country is beautiful, but like, man, it's just cows and hills. So like you can make pretty photos, but right. <laughs> ideally I don't know any waterfalls in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Literally, actually, there's one, and I'm dying to shoot at it. Um, it's in, like, West <laughs> Texas. I don't, I don't know, but but it looks legit, so I'd love to go there. But waterfalls and mountains are hands down my favorite because they're just, like, anything um, naturally occurring, like, non-man-made is, like, so phenomenal to me. So I really love shooting in those uh, backdrops for sure. Um, so you mentioned, you, you mentioned, you know, taking a couple out to a national park, like, what are some other techniques that you use to, to pose people or get them to feel comfortable maybe if they're not used to being in front of a camera? Yeah, yeah. So that was something I learned a couple years into my business. So I still pose people, but I do this thing that's called prompting. And I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard of it. It's probably just a photography land thing. But um, basically, you give, you can, pl- I place my couple in a pose that I know is going to be flattering to them. So one of the things I always do with, usually females, they'll have something that they're insecure about, or they're trying to hide on camera. Like I know I do. So I come out the gate and I'm just yeah. like, I literally hate my side profile. And I tell them that. I'm like, I hate it. I have like genetic double chins in my family that I can't get rid of. So I'm always trying to hide that. I'm like, I just want one chin today. Okay. So, so I will tell them that and, uh, and they'll be like, oh my gosh, yes. You know what? I actually can't stand my side profile because I feel like my nose is off and I'm like, okay, perfect. So now that you tell me that I'm able to keep that in mind. And so I'm just really mindful of that while I'm shooting. So I'll place them in a pose that's flattering and then I'll give them something to do, which is what's called prompting. So something that I'll do is, um, one of them is, let's say I have a couple and I'll tell if it's a guy and a girl, I'll have the guy standing behind the girl and he'll wrap his hands around his um, spouse or girlfriend or whatever. And I'll say, okay, so let's say their names are like Brian and Katie. I'll be like, okay, so Brian, what, what I want you to do is I want you to squeeze Katie really tight and try to fold her in half like a taco. And they'll just start laughing. It's like the weirdest like prompt ever. Um, and so they'll do that and they'll start laughing. And that's how I get those really candid reactions instead of just being like, okay, Brian, I want you to stand there. Look at me. Katie, look at me. Smile. Like, yeah, yeah who wants to do that? That's so awkward. Um, right. I'll, like, that's not fun. And so that's 
that's how I get all these candid approaches is I use just a bunch of different random crazy prompts. And some of them are romantic. Like sometimes I'm having him whisper his favorite thing about her in her ear and she'll just smile and they'll laugh and it's really sweet. But most of them, because I'm really outgoing, um, most of them are pretty wild. Like <laughs> they're real random. So um, so that's how I'm getting all those like laughing photos. And that, that really changed the game visually in my work. People would... So now when people fill out my contact form um, in the bottom, it'll say like, what's one of your favorite things about my work? And they'll always say like the way that you get these candid reactions and you can just tell like you're so passionate about what you do and couples just like truly are themselves and none of it looks posy. And that's like my number one goal for my work. So it's really cool to get to hear that. Um, so do you ever do you ever shoot videos? I don't, but I totally would like to get into it. I just uh-huh. like am also trying to not like... Um, try to not be like a jack of all trades. I'm like, you know what? So anytime I have videography come to me, I'll outsource. I'll be like, hey, are you, I'll ask an actual videographer, like you, are you available for this? But um, if there's one thing I'd want to take on, it would be like drone videography of like landscapes. That's like my favorite. So yeah. That would be cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I love that. What are some, do you know some of the differences between like still photography versus, um, you know, videos? Yeah, I mean, I know for sure with with videography, like it is so much less forgiving. If you think about it, when you're taking um, a photo of someone like you can you get to determine exactly what's in the background. Like you could be shooting between like a dumpster and a rundown building and then have a white wall in the back and you can create a solid photo. But like with video, Mm -hmm. you're trying to get movement in different angles. So you have to be so much more intentional, I guess, with the way that you're doing the video and then also people as well, like some like video is just truly less forgiving. Like I look like I weigh 40 more pounds on video than in pictures. And I don't know why, but, um, but that's the way it is. So that's, that's a big difference too. But as far as, as far as the actual technical side of it, like the settings and things, um, they're actually really pretty similar. I know with videography, you have to be mindful about like how many frames per second that you're shooting and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I don't know a ton about the technical side of videography because I haven't spent a lot of time researching that. Right. Um, so do you think it's, do you think it's beneficial for people to, you know, I know some people that got photography degrees. Do you think, do you think it's something that is beneficial to people starting out or is it something that you can kind of skip over? So personally, I feel like the education system is pretty broken in terms of college because you've got like most of these professors that are teaching have never done what they're actually teaching. And I don't know, I don't know why that's the case, but like my marketing professor had never actually worked in marketing. And so I was like, wait, I'm so confused. Um, Yeah, it was really confusing. And um, so with photography, I think there's a lot of concepts that you can learn that truly are beneficial, but by no means do I think you actually have to go to school for it. Because there's people who have gone to school for photography that are less less successful than others who didn't go to school for it. And the people who didn't go to school learned it all on their own. Um, So I really don't think that you have to. But I do think it's important you spend time learning the technical aspect. Like you need to learn rules of composition. And you need to learn all the technical things of how to use your camera. But I truly don't feel like you have to go to school for it. Cause I would, I would encourage people like, let's say that your, your degree was going to cost you 25 or $30,000. Well, I would take that money that I was going to put into college for that because it's not like there, like there's no such thing as being a certified photographer or having a, like that doesn't, it doesn't make you stand out any more than someone who didn't go to school for it. Um, 
But right. what I would say is I would say that twenty five dollars or $30,000 that you, like if you know you want to do photography, don't put that into college and actually put it into doing one-on-one mentorships or coaching or hands-on um, education or online course education. I would tell them to spend that much money in that, which you don't even have to spend that much. But if you were going to, like you were like, I have this much money set aside, I want to use it for this, then you could pour it all into that and you would see a return on that investment. Like, 10 billion times over and a hundred times faster. So that's what I would say. Right. Yeah. Sometimes um, I read something interesting the other day. Sometimes education can, can be for some people like a structure. Um, some people are self starters and other people need mm-hmm. a little bit of a nudge. Um, so I, and, and what you said makes sense. Like the doing something, some other kind of education is beneficial. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, that's kind of that's kind of everything we wanted to talk about today. Is there is there anything um, that you might say to a photographer starting out or someone who's thinking about it? Um, I mean, definitely that it's worth it. You know, I didn't think if you would have told me when I started out when I was in college because I would actually work on like editing sessions in the back of my classes, like um, in some of my electives because I had this this course called Advanced Media Production, and my professor would actually ask me to teach certain aspects of the class that he was teaching. Um, and so that's another reason why I would say like probably not the best idea to go to school for that because like you have teachers teaching photography that have never done photography so it just makes more sense to go to someone who's done it someone who's making six figures or more with photography that says here's exactly how I did it like that Mm -hmm. there's just more proof in that versus going the other route and just kind of risking it like go to someone who's done it they'll tell you exactly how they do it and it'll be a whole lot cheaper to learn from them how to do that so that's what I would recommend. I'm not like discrediting anyone who's gone to school for photography because there's a ton of people that have that create stellar work. And that's amazing. It's just in today's day and age where education, you can learn so much online. There's so many online courses and classes, um, things like Skillshare and um, DSLR Lounge. Like there's so many and Creative Live. There's just so many resources for photographers that you can spend a lot less money and learn a lot more and start making money faster versus, you know, trying to make money while you're in school and you're not learning how to run a business because going to school for photography will teach you how to take good photographs. But if you if you invest in someone who's an educator or um, or invest in online courses, like they will teach you alongside how to create good images, how to run a profitable business. And you're not going to learn that if you go to school just for photography. And you truly need both. You need photography education, you need business education, and you need marketing education. So you're going to get all of those from an actual mentor. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Jessica. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Special thanks to Jessica for joining us in this episode. You can check out our website at jessicavickers.com or follow her on Instagram at, at jessicavickersphoto. Keep up to date with our latest episodes by following us on Instagram at whatdoyoudo_podcast, underscore podcast. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you like the show.